saying. I'm saying I'm not going to be here forever. And what's that supposed to mean? It means you got to do some smart thinking. But oh, you want to talk about smart decisions, Rock? You in this house all alone. Who been taking care of you? Me. I've been here for you. Who else you got? Listen. I'm taking this fight with or without you. Analysis listeners, nice. you feeling it, Barry? I'm feeling that. I'm definitely feeling that. Yeah, and of course. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about a Michael B. Jordan movie today, oh, so man. we got to bring our buddy back. The, Barry, the Michael B. Jordan movie, yeah, possibly, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Barry's been lifting weights for six days I'm straight after to... seeing this. Oh, yeah, <laughs> getting real yoked, baby. <laughs> this movie makes you want to work out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wanted to work out before I saw nope. it, but... I, it, well, I, no, that's not even true. This this dude has been cut since, what, 2015? Yeah, since he was so doing Black like, Panther. Well, yeah. well, the Creed and then Black Panther, yeah. He so, just keeps getting bigger. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, we're going to be talking about Creed 2 today. Uh, if you go back into our catalog of episodes, me and Barry have... Uh, originally we talked about the the first creed we have since talked about black panther everybody yeah. should know by now that michael b jordan and coogler are, are duo but they're split for this one they're split up they're split up kind of like rocky and adonis in the oh, beginning of this movie. Oh. But, and let's start off by just saying i saw this for the first time with you last night. Mm-hmm. This was your second time, and yeah. everybody knows if Michael B. Jordan's doing a movie, at minimum you're going to see it four times. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, it's definitely going to be a repeat occurrence. Yeah, I had a blast yeah. watching this movie. Yeah. You, I know, are very fired up about it. You don't go back to see a movie twice unless you're into it. Absolutely. First, first impressions, why are you so into this one? Um, Creed 2. Well, I mean, the momentum behind it, Obviously, uh, this has been for, for like for me. This has been invested since Fruitvale Station, the first uh, Michael B. and Coogler pairing, and like that that duo grew and like they made Black Panther, and now they're like this big phenomenon. And now you've got Michael B. sort of taking the reins and like being the champion and getting to like dig really dig his teeth into the story and that and like that was really cool really fun to watch um but at the same time you sort of you sort of miss Coogler's eye a little bit for some of it and I definitely walked away that first time being like yeah this is real good but man what if Coogler had directed it like that was definitely the feeling that I had walked away with but then I just kept thinking about the story and like the stuff that and like obviously we'll we'll get into it but like so many of the good things so many like the really cool bits about the story and like you just think about more and more and more of them and then it gets to the point where it's like man okay so cooler didn't direct it but they're like almost like hand in hand and i don't want you to punch me like i'm (laughs) victor draga here but rocky one is probably the best movie of the series but rocky two is kind of a more fun watch and almost in a way more interesting story. Oh yeah. I felt a little yeah. bit in, in a lot of these run parallel and Creed mm-hmm. ran very parallel to the original Rocky. I even think just 
as a series, Creed, uh-huh. the second one mirrors kind of how I felt about the second Rocky movie, even, where it's it's not as good of a movie. I'm not going to sit here. I know that one, the the Rock, the original Rocky has its place yeah. in in cinematic history, but Creed 2 is just, yeah. to me, a more fun watch, and I even kind of go to bat for it sometimes yeah. as being better. No, I could, I can, I can definitely see, because I'm going to, when they are both available, I'm going to own both of them on DVD at some point, and I can easily see myself going to Creed 2. For mm-hmm. that like late night watch more than I will Creed One. Well, let's let's dig into the story and what we liked about it. Yeah. So, first of all, I always go and and because me and you are both actors, mm-hmm. we're kind of trained to look at stories through lenses of arcs. So we I look at the character arcs first and see what what I enjoy, and that normally tells whether I like a movie or not. Uh-huh. So I loved every single arc in this all the way down to Donnie's mother and the relationship she has and in, in, in the, the mentoring she's giving yeah. his fiance in this movie yeah but I think Adonis's arc is really interesting to me because the first one correct me if I'm wrong because we hadn't rewatched it but it's him just trying to prove that he's not a mistake and that mm-hmm. he's he's, he's somebody got a place in the world. and he's got a place in the world yeah. And then this one is very much, can I be a champion? And almost, it, it gets into the hereditary of his, of his and, and, and what kind of man am I in reflection to my father? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, this avenging of, of his father through the Drago story. Yeah. And that's a really interesting story. And hereditary's played up, hereditary is played up a lot in this movie, even just down to... The scene with the it's, daughter and it's very, the, like, the hearing aid. The sins of the father is very like is a through line that mm-hmm. almost every character has, including Bianca. Even though obviously it's, it wouldn't be sins of the father, but, but like, yeah, literally, then, like hereditary, like you said, hereditary. The the traits, the the bloodline is it's definitely it's really interesting uh, too because when they're doing the promos for the first first fight, the Drago Creed fight. Max Kellerman says this is a almost a Shakespearean mm-hmm. type story, and yeah. a lot of that yeah. is is baked into basic Shakespeare too. Yeah. So I thought there was a, a life imitating art in that For sense, sure. which I thought was pretty cool. I I really also liked the conversation he was having midway through. He he had his arc, you know. He had, he had, he's he's coming down. He's He's loathing. He he doesn't have the self confidence. He's wondering if he's ever going to get back in the ring. And he has a really after after he gets the first fight. Okay. And he has the conversation. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. We're going to put spoilers on here even before people touch it. But uh, so he's having a conversation with Bianca, and I thought it was just a really poignant moment when she's like, "You have to fight because that's you." And she relates it a lot to her music, and it's like the perfect kind of relationship because she's able to relate to the drive and the mm-hmm. passion and, and, and what it takes. It's like, who are you if you're not doing what you love? What, you've, what you're passionate yeah. about. And you yeah. need to have passion because I have passion in my life from, from this medium that you support me in. So I'm going to yeah. be supportive of you in this space. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool scene. And, yeah. and just and, and not to say that the original Rocky, obviously you had the 
you, you've got a lot of Adrian's perspective and kind of the wife scared in the crowd. But she you was more of an accessory. She didn't have her own thing the way that Bianca does. Exactly. And now you think that makes that partnership a lot stronger. Yeah, there was never a moment like that, unless I gotta go back and watch seven other movies to see if I can find it, but there was never a, a real moment like that of mentoring with Adrian and Rocky. At least yeah. I don't feel like that. Yeah, no, uh, but I, she, yeah, would, again, more like an accessory. That. Just uh, his mother mentoring him and giving the perspective and then the thing that this movie does different than a lot of other movies is it gives you the perspective of the dragos which was fucking yeah, awesome great and like from the first bit like because the first movie begins with with child creed and he's got his sequence and then it ends you get the title picture this movie you don't see adonis at all the whole beginning sequence is the dragos and you mm-hmm. get that you get you get all of, without even any lines in that sequence, you get the story. You get that they're roughing it. Their life has not been good. All they know is getting up and training this kid to be a monster. Mm-hmm. And that's like what they're doing. But, you know, I like when they give the villain perspective. And maybe that's because I'm always cast as villains in plays <laughs> and movies. But I, I like that because they have to have a story and they have to have a purpose and a reason for them becoming what they are. Okay. And the, the shame, just the fallout. And you get to catch up very quickly with what happened to Ivan Drago after that fight with Rocky. And, and the shame and the exile that happens to him once he goes back to Russia. A lot like the Russian hockey team went through yeah. on that miracle on ice. But I don't I don't think Dolph Lundgren's gonna get enough credit for He's his really good. Yeah. He's really good in it. Yeah. And there's there's layers there. Yeah. And even if you go back to Rocky Four, which is a guilty pleasure for both me and you, but there's no there's no real reason behind why he's a monster just besides mm-hmm. he's just, it, it would mm-hmm. be it would be 40 minutes of Rocky and then cut to Drago punching something and it showing how powerful his punch is. Yeah, and then 20 yeah. more minutes of Rocky. And you never got perspective. Mm-hmm. And you got great perspective. And with that perspective, you got fantastic scenes of Bridget Nielsen looking out of uh, both sides of her face. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple times. Oh, man. But... but, but so then you get you get Victor Drago and he's he's you know, come on dad these people shamed you we've been living in in, in filth and swamp mm-hmm. because because of all of this and we're gonna sit back at the table with these people fuck these people and, yeah. and you can kind of see that yeah. but then in the end this is kind of a, a, a nitpick with me he still is a dick and he's still like he he still cheats in the fight and he still is yeah he becomes it's just like what. So my dad was the, a dick, so I'm a dick. I don't. I was kind of confused at that. I think the I think the moment the catharsis for them is comes from uh, uh, Ivan Ivan Drago actually throwing the towel, mm-hmm. and the fact that like okay, this is my son. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a human to this. This is I, I'm I'm not. This mm-hmm. isn't a robot. This isn't my next project to like. Uh, reclaim glory is in everything like, yeah I, this is this is my child I need to take care of it and then in that last shot of them Ivan is running with him he's mm-hmm. not fucking chasing them in the in, in the, the truck, van anymore yeah. he's he's running with him he's becoming a better person he's like on the path to becoming a better man I think you don't get a shit ton of it but you also don't like you get don't say exact, a lot. the perfect exactly. amount exactly perfect amount exactly so I just you, you, there's a lot, and that's that's a great arc, right? Yeah. We're talking about arcs. Yeah, Ivan absolutely. starts in the back of the truck. You, we absolutely. must break. We must be champion. We must get our glory back. And at the end, 
you're more you're worth it more than my glory you're mm-hmm. having my son with me uh, that's 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 a fantastic arc and then of course you've got Rocky's arc right what, what, what kind of what, what were you feeling about Rocky's arc Rocky's arc and now we can sort of get into what we were talking about before we pressed record uh Rocky's arc man it like whoo it like and I and I didn't tell you this that first the first time I watched it I was in tears that entire epilogue like the 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 side by side uh, Adonis at Apollo's grave while Rocky is reuniting with Rocky Jr. Mm-hmm. I was in I was bawling the entire time, and I think this movie was the perfect a send off for Rocky Balboa and b um, a question that I've been asked is like will they make will do you, do you think they'll make a third one and. My answer is I do think they will make a third one, and I think that this is going to hopefully... And I mean, the right script, the right story is going to have to come together, because I think what's going to happen here is they're going to take the, the franchise in a completely different direction without Rocky, I think. I think, because there's that moment after that fight where they where they where where he, mm-hmm. he, he stands his fist out, they touch gloves, and he's like, this is your, this is your fight now. It's you now. This is like, this mm-hmm. is your, this is your thing now, and then you, and then you like see him fucking put the hat on and like sit mm-hmm. down it's like this is this is it uh and Sylvester Stallone they're they're like just some articles released today of some like probably just interviews doing press stuff and whatnot and he's and Sylvester Stallone claims that this is his last appearance as Rocky Balboa he's not bringing the character back anymore he brought the character back for the movie Rocky Balboa back in 2005, I think. Yeah. Because Rocky V was so terrible that he needed to give his this character that he had loved for so long the send-off that he deserved. And he made that movie, and he was good. And then here comes Ryan Coogler... Ten years later, with this uh, with this new story that also needs Rocky, so Rocky has to come back for that. He gets nominated for an Academy Award, and so now Rocky. This movie, I think Rocky gets the final send off and like ties up all of the loose ends in getting his family back. For me, I'm a I'm a less is more guy. That's why I love when shows like Breaking Bad get out at the right time. Seinfeld get out the right mm-hmm. time to me it's it, those are those are the right f- foot to go off of mm-hmm. it's I think Adonis in in his arcs have been tidied up so nice I don't really know where else he's supposed to go yeah. unless it's fighting Rocky Balboa's son <laughs> Jack Pearson from This Is Us no. unless they get them together so no. you get a Creed versus Balboa so and that's, and that's why I, and that's why I said that like it's it's gonna take the right. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think you can like rush immediately into Creed three. I do hope that they'd make Creed three at some point, but it's gotta be the right thing. Hopefully, like Ryan Coogler comes back. That's like this is like perfect case scenario. Yeah. But like, and honestly, my initial answer is that like they could make another one. They could also not make another one, and it would be fine. Cause like this movie. Actually, if you wanted, if you wanted to just think of it as the Rocky saga with like these two little like next generation spinoffs, the story could also just be done with this. Yes, yeah. I think that's fine. I'm happy with this. It being done. Like, because this movie, like, because because you said it mirrors Rocky two, which is also which is definitely true. It also mirrors Rocky three and four. Like, it is like 
all three of those movies happening at the same time. It's kind of a, a mix of the. It's because you've got you've got Rocky you've got Rocky living as a champion. Then you've got Creed Check. living as a champion. Check. That's Rocky too. You've got um, Rocky being defeated and then having to bounce back from his defeat and win in the rematch. That's Rocky three. Three. Mm-hmm. You've got that. Then you've Club got. Lee. Then you've got uh, this. Sorry, this, this this monster. Uh, built for fighting and nothing else. In Russia, Russia versus America. You gotta go fight in Russia. Yeah. I, thought, I was laughing so. when they told him he's gotta fight in <laughs> Moscow. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so yeah. So it's, it's like you get, and and in addition to that, you get like all of these Easter eggs from the entire store from the entire saga thrown in, and they're like very organic. None of them are like forced, even. Mm-hmm. Even even the Russia one, which is obviously it gets a laugh, but it's not like cringy or anything. It's like, of course, that's it what makes they, sense. That's I what mean, they had to do. Yeah, it's like you don't you don't you don't really hang on to any sort of like groan at any Easter egg. Really, it's like it all feels right. Mm-hmm. I agree, and and kind of to go back to your point on direction, I actually like some of the choices. Stephen Cable Jr. is it Capel? Capel? I'm guessing C A P. Anyway. They, I thought there was a few nice little tricks. The the first perspective, almost. What was yeah. the, what was that that boxing game on PlayStation? Uh, it was it was fight. It wasn't uh, fight night. It was something. But it, there was there was a a, a boxing game that came about. out maybe ten years ago. Yeah. But it, it almost kind of had that perspective in that first fight against Victor, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that was a cool little change of pace. Something yeah. I'd never seen in a yeah. boxing movie before. Yeah. And you've seen a lot of the way they shoot boxing movies. It, there's pretty much a blueprint to it now, mm-hmm. so you see a lot of the same elements. Mm-hmm. The first perspective is done just for a second. They don't live in that space. I no. thought that was a smart yeah. choice. There's nothing like the the one shot that they did in Creed that you were kind of elbowing me when we were watching it yeah. together. There's nothing like that in this. And but... there's not really a place for that sort of box. Like, that, that scene was such a gritty point. It's before he's established. It's... Not a uh, not quite an underground fight, but still that like s- smoky fucking yeah, basement yeah. Mm-hmm. fight sort of feel. So it, that one that one shot fight was perfect for that moment in the story, exactly. which we don't need to go back to. Exactly, exactly. So I thought I thought just some of the directing almost the pace is really nice. It's a little over two hours, but they they move it along very yeah. quickly. I yeah. well, by the time he gets in the ring with that first. Uh, with with the first box match, you're like, oh man, we're already on the second match. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I even liked the intro shot when Adonis is getting ready for his first title belt, uh, mm-hmm. where he's trying to win the keys back to the mm-hmm. Mustang. And yeah, that was a cool sequence. And Rocky, you you see one of the trainers prepping yeah. in the mirror. The first time I saw it, I thought that was Rocky. You thought Rocky is talking, but then Rocky <laughs> then, comes, then in comes in. Comes in, and then the, the second, and then watching it the second time, you actually see Rocky in the mirror. Oh, From the so moment you, he starts talking, you actually can see him in the mirror. But the the, the difference in perspective yeah. for the to the first time you see it, you're mm-hmm. like, oh man, okay, yeah, that was, that was a cool little, yeah. uh, just a nice little trick. For sure, uh, I loved the the whole walkout sequence that they did in Moscow, in Moscow to, to the, Adonis with uh, Bianca singing. singing. Yeah, that shit was hype. Yeah, <laughs> I was fired up, yeah. dude. So I mean, in general. 
Uh, I I thought he. For... And that's definitely like an upgrade of the living in America. Living in America. <laughs> With the. What was it? What, what what's going on in Living in America? He's dressed in like Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. Like black James Uncle Sam. Brown. And he's got James yeah. James Brown's there. Yeah. And isn't there fireworks and there's, yeah. there's flamethrowers or something? Yeah. Just too much. Yeah. They you know, uh, Michael B didn't have the exact same flair, <laughs> but still still pretty solid. And and let's get back to Michael B. Jordan because there's there's a lot of nice things to say, but really he is the movie. In the first one, a lot of people were were, were really taken with Rocky, and, and yeah. Rocky was kind of the, yeah. the man in that movie, but Michael B. is definitely the man in yes. this movie. Yes, I was talking to you on the way home yesterday, and I was talking about actors of his age, mm-hmm. of his generation okay. and era. Did some research? I put a list together okay. of people that are around his age... Yeah. And could be considered leading men, yeah. uh, just have name, have clout, and just have a cu- discussion of where Michael yeah. Jordan fits in this yeah, place. So yeah. I have Michael Sarah. Okay. I know he's at the bottom of the list. Jonah Hill. Okay. Channing Tatum. Okay. Jesse Plemons. Okay. Lucas Hedges. Okay. Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. Miles Teller. I was thinking Miles Teller. I didn't want to say it. When we, I was thinking Miles Teller when we were in the car last night. I didn't want to say it. And Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Okay. So those are the guys who are doing... You didn't put my boy... Uh, I mean, I guess he is a little young. Uh, Ansel is his name. Ansel Elgort. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's Baby driver. He's in a couple movies. I'm he's talking about guys in, that have done multiple projects. I mean, he's going to be a big name by the summer. He's in uh, the West Side Story that Spielberg. Yeah, you're right. Re- remaking. So he'll be on the scene, too. So we can add him to the list. Uh, Where do you think Michael B. fits into that list? I mean, I think he's a bigger name than anyone listed okay a name but do you in terms of skill talent height moving forward let's see um because i feel like i can think of some people that like i don't think anyone is really except maybe like jonah hill because he's like dabbling into like filmmaking now Mm mm-hmm but I don't think anyone else is in his league. No. And you look at this run he's gone on, you pull up the, the filmography, and it's got... After Fruitvale Station, there's the Fantastic Four, which, which I know you're going to take an L on. You just, yeah, you know, you just take a knee on. Yeah. Then you've got Creed, huge. Uh, However, the uh, Fantastic Four, uh, Michael B. Jordan's trainer, he Michael B. Jordan, the, the trainer that he was given for Fantastic Four, he essentially kept and like was like oh you're gonna train you're just gonna keep training me okay. and i'm gonna get even bigger for creed so is that who you're working with right now too yeah okay yeah. he's out there <laughs> <laughs> so then he does uh, black panther after that uh pretty big success and and now this so i mean this run of three or four movies here and then he also did fahrenheit 451 which, which, was, I still seen. which was an HBO, straight to HBO thing, I but I haven't checked it. that out yet. But I need to check that out. Yeah, too. I know that our friend in, in Los Angeles, George Infantado, was in a, a play version of that, and so just it upsets me to, <laughs> to, to, to think about it. So I just don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we just move on past yeah. it. But they, uh, so I think 
of that list, and, and there's probably people I'm leaving off of it, but I would put him at the top of the list. Yeah. Like just consistent and I mean, if we can't bangers. think of them, then they probably don't belong there. Don't either. belong on the list, yeah. The and only he, person I can really think of, maybe, and he's not, he's still someone who's still kind of got to prove himself a little bit more, is the uh, Call Me By Your Name kid. Oh, Tim Chalamet? Tim, yeah. So he, Timothy Chalamet, Timothy. but he's, yeah, he, he is to prove himself. He's a little younger, I yeah, feel too. Yeah, He's a little, yeah. a little newer on the scene. Uh, to to go in the other way, I thought you had put brought up Zac Efron yesterday. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, but you know, he's, he's got the star power. He does not have the filmography, though. Yeah, I mean, in terms of people that I get excited to see in this next wave, kind of post Ed Norton and Leo and Gosling and Matt Damon, and you know that kind of guard is 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 moving into mm-hmm. middle aged man roles, kind of the new young men that are in Hollywood. Mm-hmm of that group I I would definitely say Michael B. Jordan is the one to he's look leading, out for the most the pack currently for sure. yeah. so let's hope he makes, continues to make good decisions if Creed 3 if that script comes by Michael and it, it looks like doo doo butter don't give do it a it. pass yeah, yeah <laughs> so. you gotta do it cool uh, so in, in general I also think when you're watching a boxing movie like this it's fun. It's fun to watch, but you're also reflecting that the boxing matches that I see in real life don't look anything like that. <laughs> Especially if you watch uh, McGregor versus uh, what's his name Mayweather. Mayweather, and it's you know it's all defense, and he's even blamed for the criticism of his fights. He's blamed the Rocky franchise for it because it's like everyone goes and watches Rocky, and they yeah. think that's what boxing is, and it's just dudes toe to toe. For 15 <laughs> rounds, just swinging. He's like, boxing is actually a defensive sport. The goal is not to get punched. Yeah. So those guys are not boxing. <laughs> it, it's just kind of funny to think about. Do you have any thoughts on that? Are you a fan of boxing in general? I, I am a fan of boxing in general. I am also a fan of boxing the way it is portrayed. In Put the, the tire in the, middle of the, in the middle of the ring and you're not allowed watch, to get out of it. I will watch a slugfest any day. I mean, I watch... I watch real fighting. I also watch the WWE, so I will. I'll get into it. I'll get into yeah. whatever. People getting slapped. Like, as long as someone's getting slapped. I just like happy. feats of physical mm-hmm. amazingness. This movie, and, and I was thinking about why, because I had heard some criticism of this movie. I heard that there are some people that are criti- critical of it, and you said you had read some reviews that people thought it was too formulaic. Is that what? um? The the review that I read said that it was like uh, it essentially I forget what it's I forget the gist of it but essentially that like essentially the same feeling that I walked out with the first time I watched it which which is that it was good but it was not it wasn't Ryan Coogler good okay which is the feeling that I is I will own the fact that I definitely walked out of the theater with that feeling but like the more as I said the more I thought about it. I don't because it definitely feel that way anymore. it checks the Rocky boxes for every Rocky movie you've ever seen. All what nine of them now, eight, eight or nine. Anyway, for every Rocky movie you've ever seen, there's the sports montage, the mm-hmm. the workout montage, training montage. You've got the fight that goes to the bell. Mm-hmm. Even though I won't even put that in this because this one had a towel throw, which we haven't seen yet. So that was just kind of interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, and then you've got at least one, maybe multiple motivational speeches by the trainer. Yes. So what used to be Burgess Meredith, now is Rocky. He had a couple. Mm-hmm. He had the one 
Even yeah, the one in the scene one that we were talking about earlier. Steps are crazy. Like I mean, if a side note, if they if they continue with the Creed movies, you know who's gonna be that role moving forward? Wood motherfucker Harris. What do you know about Wood Harris? <laughs> I know everything about Avon Barksdale. Bro. Avon Barksdale. Julius. I don't know Julius' last name. Strong, Strong side. side. But anyway, uh, you've got that monologue. Then you've got the, why are you doing this fight? Why are you fighting? Which I thought was a, a great point in the movie. And then you've got the, the scene kind of when he comes back and they're in the trophy room. So you had three Rocky monologues. And those are, you're going to get those tropes, but I, I find that stuff motivating and i don't yeah. know whether that makes me a cheese ball yeah. but i lie you mean, go to a rocky movie you want you want your coach to coach you up You're there's been... the one speech from rocky balboa um the that's how winning's done like that got that was like on so many people's like facebook's to mm-hmm. like probably didn't even see that movie for like a good 10 years after that movie came out mm-hmm. like people eat that stuff up and there's and i mean it's 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 kind of this this like happy accident that like the Italian stallion this dude is punchy oh, he got nothing oh, boom, oh, brain damage doesn't matter how many like, times you get somehow, knocked down like, you gotta get up somehow evolved into this like perfect like motivational speaker yeah like it's it's crazy. he does have a lot of great life perspective Rocky <laughs> for being a man of minimal intelligence he especially about. Being being a, a man, the manlyhood, a, mm-hmm. just just what what life does to you. Yeah, I think he he has great perspective. Yeah. I, I I I when we were talking about hereditary, I want to kind of circle back because the, the part I got most emotional in is when they were checking the daughter's ear because and this that just hit me. I I teared up in it because my dad is deaf in his right ear. Did you know that? I did not. So my dad is deaf in his right ear, and he's 50% hearing in his left ear. Uh-huh. And he actually told me this when we were watching Forrest Gump one time. He was crying. And it's because Forrest comes, and, and he's told that he has a son, and the first thing Forrest says is, is yeah. he smart or is he... Yeah. And he, and it's like, because like you're worried. Yeah. The first fear is... And so my dad said, when I was a baby... I don't know if they had those tests yet or not in the 80s, but when I was a baby, the first thing he did was set me down and he would snap on the right side of my my head mm-hmm. and see if I responded and then he snapped on the left to see if I had a hearing so mm-hmm. that fear and you just having it expressed and played out in my family I thought that was Michael B Jordan's finest moment cuz he's trying yeah. to be reserved she can see him in that glass yeah and he's trying to yeah to yeah, that is not really give it to her under and like understated. And it's not yeah, and it's not waterworks. Both of them are yeah are working through it in the moment. Um, and you know she's I, I thought and then we haven't talked enough about Tessa Thompson. Yeah, but that is that she is, was. I will say that every day. I I don't talk enough about her. She was really powerful. She was really really good in this entire movie. Yes. Um, but uh, that as she's been in just about everything she's she's ever done been in except. I wasn't huge on the Dear White People movie, which she is. Okay. And I haven't seen that. I mean, I, it was good. I wasn't huge on her in it. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, she's awesome. Really, she's very yeah. Overall, Amazing. it's got a little bit of everything for you. I I think it's a great extension of this franchise. And the last question I have for you is just: 
Brigitte Nielsen, would you? Mm. Would you? Rocky Four, yes. <laughs> Anything else? I'm gonna give it a hard gonna... pass. <laughs> <laughs> when she came out and sat at that dinner table, both me and you were like, "Flavor, flavor." <laughs> have you ever heard of oh, the? Man. Have you ever heard the Pat Oswalt when he was doing the flavor flavors? The the bit he went in on in Brigitte Nielsen. I probably have. Oh, it's give it's it fantastic. I have to give it to you again. Any final thoughts, my man? Uh, man, I feel like there's something I'm not saying about this movie, but it is wonderful. Go see it. If you are a fan of the series, the Rocky series, you probably should have already seen it, but go see it. There is, you're going to love it. It's great. There you go. Yeah. So, just a little note, everybody. Every time I tape with Barry... 24 hours later, I get a text. It's like, oh shit, I forgot to say this. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's why. That's why I'm like, I'll do. A, I'll do a follow up episode uh, <laughs> once he figures it out. But thank you guys for listening to us, and you guys are always appreciated. And you know, go run some fucking sprints. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get out there. Get big. Thank you guys for listening. You are truly Bye. a pioneer, though. You really are. You went from saying "fuck the white man" to "I'm gonna fuck a white man." and you went head first into Brigitte Nielsen's pussy, where they filmed The Descent, ladies and gentlemen, and you went in fearlessly into that yawning hell cavern full of stalactites and devil bats, that huge death snatch that's claimed the careers of Sly Stallone and Dolph Lundgren, and last week, the entire cast of The West Wing. Ten men enter, one man leaves. And that man was Flava Flav. Give it up for him, ladies and gentlemen.